If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. This is Dream Power Radio, the place where your dreams turn into reality. Here is your host, Debbie Spector-Weissman. Welcome to Dream Power Radio on the amazing Women and Men of Power Network, the world's leading positive programming network powered by Raven International. I'm your host, Debbie Spector Weissman, the Dream Coach. This is a show where we talk about dreams, both daytime and nighttime dreams, and how you can use them to make the internal shift to a life you love and rediscover the truth of who you really are. Well, it's finally possible to see the light at the end of the tunnel as far as the pandemic goes. With the vaccine becoming more and more available by the day, it appears we may be able to look this trying time in the mirror by later this year. But the pandemic has taken a toll that's going to take a long time to fix. In particular, how it's affected our youngest population, our children. With many still being forced to stay at home, they've been away from friends and social situations that are critical to their self-development. And this has put parents, who have a stressful enough job as it is, at the breaking point. Few outlets at their disposal, they spend their days racking their brains on how to teach and entertain their children. And too often, they find themselves falling short. Well, my guest today, Florence Ann Romano, known as the Windy City Nanny, has some advice for these stressed out parents with some strategies on making their home life a win-win situation for all. I'm curious to hear what she has to say. So welcome to Dream Power Radio, Florence. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, it is my pleasure. And I'm sure there's so many parents out there who want to hear what you have to say. (laughs) (laughs) Florence, the focus of this show is to give people strategies on how to live their dream life. Uh, But at this stage, over a year into the pandemic, I know a lot of parents who, even though they love their kids, they're ready to kill them. (laughs) (laughs) That's the truth. Oh, my gosh. It takes all the strength they have to make it through the day. Yes. How do they manage their own mental health so it doesn't affect their kids and their ability to live the life that they love? Well, when you look at the past year that we've all gone through, and can you believe it's been a year that we have gone through all of this? And you imagine your life going a certain way. And you think back on like 2019, when you were just living life, everything was good. You're walking around without a mask. And then all of a sudden the world stops. And the way the world stopped in this like two weeks to slow the spread, remember that, you know, we all thought it wasn't going to last this long. We thought, you know, this would be long behind us by now. We didn't think that the kids would not be back in school by this point. All of these things that we had to deal with in the moment 
we kind of had to just deal with the present instead of anticipating what could be. Because I promise you, if someone had told us we would still be here now, back then, I think emotionally and mentally, it would have been even more taxing than it already is. So for me, it's always about taking what's in front of you, being as present as you can and saying, I'm just going to deal with today. I'm going to deal with this today. I will worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. I always like to look at the glass half full. And whenever I've talked to parents and whenever they've reached out to me on Windy City Nanny and we talk through how they're feeling, what they're going through, I always say this isn't sustainable. This is, but you have to survive it. So whatever you have to do to survive it, you have to do. And if that means the kids aren't practicing their multiplication tables as much as they should be, but you're having more family dinners, you're having more conversations, you're bonding more, you're taking care of the kids mentally and emotionally, you're taking care of yourself mentally and emotionally. I care more about that than I do about two plus two. Now, That doesn't mean that education is not important, that our kids are not suffering in terms of education, not being in school, remote learning. We're seeing the data. They're not learning at home. They're not. The remote learning is not working. And when you think about how kids learn and how they interact, how they socialize, you always hear the phrase, it takes a village. And I love that phrase, but I always want to expand it. It takes a village, yes, but like, where is the village? Is there a number to the village? Do you have directions to the village? And, you know, it's, it's, it's more complicated than that. And it's not just a village for parents. It's a village for children. When the kids were taken away from school, when they were brought inside like the rest of us, they were taken away from their village as well. So it's not just the parents that are suffering. We're all suffering from it. But the children also are feeling big feelings about the same things parents are. So it's about going through something together in this common denominator global way that will probably be one of the only times all of us in the, like the nation beyond are able to relate to one another because we all know what this feels like. But then let's bring it down into the walls of that home. You all know what this feels like. So you can relate to your child. Your child can relate to you in a way maybe they never have before. That would be a wonderful thing. But what do you see as the biggest mistake that parents are making with their child care right now? Well, it has evolved because when the lockdown first happened, a lot of the daycares closed. And a lot of those daycares were privately owned. And a lot of them couldn't reopen because they didn't have the funds to be able to do so. So there were a lot of families that were left without daycare, of course, during the lockdown. But then when things reopened, their daycare wasn't there anymore, or they were on a wait list that was 100 miles long. So now they had to turn to other daycare. Maybe it was unregulated daycare. Maybe it was the first time they were going to decide to bring a nanny into the home. These are all very real situations for parents because, again, they're still working at home. Parents are still trying to do their job while also managing their children's lives and their remote learning and everything else they have to do. So the biggest mistake I see parents making right now is trying to be it all and do it all at the same time, because you can't. I'm here to tell you, you can't do it all at the same time. You can't do it all at the same time well either. So you need to give yourself that grace and you need to give yourself a pass. 
You're going to do the most important things. And then the other things are going to fall to the side and you pick up the pieces later. But you can't put that pressure on yourself thinking you have to be super mom, super dad, that you don't feel anything. You can just keep going. Your adrenaline's going to take you through, you know, that you're, that you, that you don't react to what's going on outside. You have to take care of yourself in order to take care of your family. And that's the number one mistake is everyone is forgetting about what they need as a parent in order to keep going because it trickled down. Isn't that always the truth? Always the case though, because mothers are always giving and the last person they're going to give to is themselves. Of course. But it's so important that they do or else the operation shuts down. (laughs) (laughs) So how do they find that time when, when the kids are home and they don't even have that little couple hours when they would normally be in school? Well, the good news is that things are opening up a little bit more and there is more opportunity for us to ask for help. Believe me, several months ago when there was no opportunity to ask for help, we had to get super creative about how you gave yourself some time. And again, let's remember, not everyone's coming from a traditional or conventional home where there's two parents. There are single parents out there that are suffering greatly who don't have that help, don't have that spouse or that partner to be able to help them get through the days. So when you're thinking about what support looks like, I like to think outside the box. So when things were really bad and no one was allowed in the home and you weren't going anywhere else, you couldn't see anyone, I always said technology is going to save you at the end of the day. Maybe you're watching more movies or kids are doing more things on the internet than you normally would like in terms of screen time. That's not a battle you're going to fight right now. I'm going to tell you, the screen time battle, if one person says to me, how do I limit my kids' screen time right now? I'm like, why are you picking this battle? Because you can't. Technology is the only way we're surviving. So the truth is, technology can help you in this scenario. There are educational apps. There it, FaceTime, Zoom, things like that, where they can see other people. You can hire a nanny or a babysitter for X amount of time on FaceTime. Maybe they entertain the kids. Maybe they do their homework with them. And that frees up some time for you to maybe do some other things. But again, we're not talking about big moves here. We're talking about small things that help give you some grace, that help give you some relief during the day. But for Windy City Nanny, I always say my brand is centered around three philosophies, three pillars that you build your village, you ask for help, and you let love in. So how do you ask for help right now? I know it's difficult because there are different parameters depending on where you live to do that. But It's important, though, that you do get creative with it, like I said, hiring someone on FaceTime or whatever to be able to be there with your kids, or if you're able to come in the home, spend that little extra money to have someone come there and watch the kids for a little bit. Or maybe it's a community nanny share where the nanny is going to take the kids for a little while and take a couple of the other neighbor kids, and they're going to go do something. Again, things are opening up a little bit more. It's more feasible now that they would be able to do it. But it's about making the time to make that choice. And I know not everyone has the extra money to spend. So it's also about being able to find people that are in your community that are going to help lift you up, put their arms around you and say, no, I'm just going to be here to help you. I'm not keeping score. You know, let's let's lift each other up. Let's figure out how I can help, you know, take some of the air out of the tires for you and how you can do that for me. It's about being vulnerable. And sometimes that's really hard. Mm-hmm. I know. I totally understand that. And one resource that 
some people may have, and if they do, they're fortunate, is the grandparents. I mean, I'm, I'm a grandmother. Both of my kids are grown, but I have two grandchildren. And when the pandemic started, we started FaceTiming every day. I live in New York. They live in Seattle. So it was our way of connecting. But instead of like every couple of days or you know once a week, it started to become a daily thing. It was like the same time every day we did it. And I think now, though, my grandkids are kind of bored. Oh, it's grandma and grandpa again. Oh, <laughs> big deal. <laughs> you know. And it brings me to the point, though, that, you know, I see the toll that all of this has taken on my daughter. I mean, she's a wonderful mom and she's tried very hard and she's come up with structured time and activities to do, but it just never seems like it's enough. So what suggestions do you have for, for parents, what they can do in the house? Yes. Well, someone like your daughter is a great example, I think, of what's going on in all the households across America is you feel like you're just you're depleted. You know, you, you've done so much to keep this structure and to give them activities to do and crafts and all these different things. And like I said before, I think it's, it's a time where you have to allow for the natural progression of it too. And you can't, you can't schedule yourself so much that you lose sight of the fact that there are, there are lessons to be learned in the stillness. Kids right now are so used to being entertained because they're bored and they're looking to you to fix that boredom. And I keep telling parents, this is a great time to work on imagination. Kids need to learn imaginative play. It's how kids grow and develop. It's how they end up growing up to invent and and choose their careers and think outside the box. This is a good time for those kids that are age appropriate to be able to start learning how to entertain themselves and how to include that independent play in their lives and also gets parents off the hook from thinking they have to entertain the kids 24 hours a day. That's not your job as a parent to do that. So I give your your daughter a lot of credit for coming up with a structure during the day and maybe during the weekend, it's a little bit more of a free-for-all, but Also, I want to go back to the grandparent idea. A lot of people are lucky to have grandparents that do live nearby and they're the people stepping in to help. They're coming over and giving the parents a break. But really, it's it's just about being able to give a little bit of freshness to the situation. And maybe it's one thing that's a little different every day that keeps them a little bit more entertained or gives them something to look forward to. That's something I tell parents all the time. The the monotony of what's going on right now, no matter if you have children or not, is the worst part about the pandemic. If you can give yourself things to look forward to, whether it's weekly or daily or whatever it is, it does help you move on, you know, every day to the next thing you're going to do. Things to look forward to is not just exclusive to children. We as adults want things to look forward to as well. (laughs) True. How true. And with that, we are going to take a short break now. We are speaking with Florence Ann Romano about childcare during the pandemic. And we'll be right back. If you're not pleased with the trajectory of your life, the time to begin your own personal transformation is now. And your dreams can help pave the way. 
How? By tapping into your unvoiced confidence. What is unvoiced confidence, you say? It's acceptance of your abilities and qualities. It's a state of mind coming from liking and even loving yourself and feeling free to say or do anything you want without concern for the judgment of others. You were born confident, but may have had it chipped away little by little by the negative self-beliefs you've picked up over the years. If you're looking for the heightened energy, clarity of thought, and the feeling of being more alive that comes from self-confidence, you can rediscover it by paying attention to your dreams. Need some help doing this? Go to my website, thedreamcoach.net, and sign up for my complimentary dream discovery session. I can help show you how your dreams can help you return to the confident person you were always meant to be. Again, go to thedreamcoach.net, thedreamcoach.net. Welcome back to Dream Power Radio with your host, Debbie Spector-Weissman. Yes, welcome back to Dream Power Radio. I'm your host, Debbie Spector-Weissman, and we're speaking about raising kids during the pandemic with the Windy City Nanny, Florence and Romano. Well, Florence, with a lot of kids being on in online school, a lot of parents and particular mothers, because it seems like mothers have to bear the burden more than anybody else, um, also have to be their children's teachers or at least their children's attendants while their kids are sitting in front of the screen. What is the best way a parent can help their child so they don't get way behind in their education? I think knowing your child is the first first step. You know how your child learns. And right now you're learning more than ever how your child learns. And the funny part about this for me is the veil has kind of been lifted with the education system because, you know, you used to go to teachers conferences, right? And you'd ask the teacher, how's my kid doing? Oh, that's fine. Here are their grades. And, you know, and you didn't really know how your child was in school or how the teacher taught. And now the veil has been lifted because the school is in your family room. You're hearing how the teacher teaches. You're seeing how your child interacts and how they're doing. And so that's something positive I think I'm going to take away from this pandemic experience is I think parents are becoming much more interested and engaged in their child's education because they have to. They have no choice now. But I think it is something we should take going forward after the pandemic about how, what our interest level is and what our children are learning and how they're learning. Because usually you would have your kid come home and say, oh, the teacher's terrible and they don't know how to teach. And I am, I am having a hard time paying attention because of this or that. Well, now you kind of get to see both sides of the story. So I, that's intriguing to me. But for those of you that have to sit there and manage the schoolwork, you know, I'm going to say the first thing uh, that comes to mind, which is more power to you, because that is hard. That's not your job is to be managing their schoolwork. You probably have another job to do. These parents that are working from home that have to also manage their children's remote learning, it's absolutely impossible for them to do that. So as much as a schedule as you can put them on, as much as they can do on their own, have them do it. But whatever they're going to fall back and fall behind with, this is going to be the unpopular thing, Debbie, that I'm going to say is, you know what? That's the teacher's job is to catch them up. When all of this is said and done, your child and the rest of this world are going to be in the same boat. 
everyone is going to be behind and they are going to get caught up. They, I mean, I, again, I'm not trying to wax Pollyanna about it because yes, there are certain things we are losing. We're losing precious time. And you know, there are certain things that will be lost in the shuffle, but that's part of the sacrifice of going through a pandemic. There are things that we are going to lose that we're not going to be able to get back. But for the majority of the time, these kids are going to be able to recover from this academically. And that's what the teachers are there for. So do the best you can. I have seen so many pictures and parents have written me so many times, pictures of kids crying in front of the camp, crying, crying in front of their computer. I can't do this anymore, mom. This is too hard. So you know what? Sometimes you need to make the choices. The mom, we're skipping these couple classes today. They're going to go outside and play. They're going to have a little downtime, whatever it is. You just have to get them through this. You have to get yourself through this. So stop putting the pressure on yourself thinking it has to be perfect because it can't be. Definitely can't be perfect at all at this point. And one of the things, uh, looking at the the very small example of my own family, my own grandkids, my grandson is in first grade and, you know, he's online and he has to do things like record the homework answers and then put them up. And he's learned how to upload and download and record and do all kinds of things. I mean, I'm still figuring out how to do a lot of the stuff that he does. So I think there are some positives that can come out of it. Uh, But we also forget that children are resilient. And however far behind they may end up being now, if they get a good teacher and they get good care and they have the love, they can recover from this. They will. And, and, you know, that's a question I get from parents a lot is it, is it irreparable damage that's being done right now? And my answer is always going to be no, because I'm not going to scare, you know, these parents into thinking this is going to change the trajectory of their child's life forever. Absolutely not. They are resilient. Like you said, we survive. That's what we do as a country, as a community, that's what we have to do. Uh, and it won't be like this forever. I, ha- I hate hearing people say the new normal. And that to me doesn't inspire any confidence in what's on the other side of this. I heard someone then say once, it's the for now normal. And I like that much better. And I think that's more digestible for adults and children that we're just doing this for now. And yeah, for now is turned into 365 days shortly and counting. But we do see the light at the end of the tunnel, like you said, Debbie, at the beginning of the show that, you know, we're even reading articles right now that are saying by the time summer comes, things might look pretty normal, which is crazy to even think about. But imagine if we lived in a world right now where there was no vaccine. Imagine the despair that we would all feel thinking there was no end in sight. So we do have to take these small and big wins as we get them and realize that that is the universe and God and everyone else giving us kind of that nudge of saying, keep going. You have to keep going. There's no other choice we have. You just have to keep going. And whatever that means for you and your family, that's personal. But take the pressure off yourself. And I know I'll sound like a broken record saying it, but right now it is not sustainable, but it is survivable. We have to survive it. And we will. And, you know, I'm not talking about those that have lost their lives, obviously, to this, but those of us that are going to get to the other side of this, we have to remember that we're teaching our children and ourselves a lesson right now during this pandemic. This is something we have never done before. We don't know how to do this. We're making up our rules as we go. And it's a historical moment. So 
we're writing the pages of history right now that people will look back on one day and it can't be perfect. It won't be perfect, but you're going to have survived it. And man, is that a badge of honor to wear? Oh yeah. And, and I think our children also know that, you know, if we love them and they know they're loved, you know, they, I think they, they, deep down understand that you're doing your best and we have to get through this. Uh, But speaking of getting through it, in most of the country, it's still winter and it's cold out. There's either snow on the ground or it's raining, which means that there's one less place we could take our kids. They can't go bike riding in the snow or in the rain. Uh, So what tips do you have for cold weather activities? I live in Chicago, so I understand cold weather. We're going through a very interesting, we feel like we live in the frozen tundra, but for living in Chicago, I'm very used to the weather and kids around here are used to the weather too. One thing that I'd like to suggest that I've seen kids really like, especially if they're the age, it's age appropriate for them, book club. They're doing virtual book clubs with their friends and it's, they get to choose the books they're reading. It doesn't have to be educational. It's not what the school is telling them to read. They're enjoying that. They're getting to read their books and go on Zoom or Google Hangout with their friends and they talk about the book. They don't realize that they're learning, but they are. That's a fun way to trick your kids into the education if you're looking for something educational. It's also fun to do theme weeks. Uh, What I'm seeing families do, again, a lot of screen time is happening, but they're doing theme weeks where they have, you know, okay, we're going to learn all about the Caribbean this week. And we're going to watch some movies that take place in the Caribbean, and we're going to make some Caribbean food or or whatever it is, or Italy or all over the country. So they're doing theme weeks like that, that just give the kids something to look forward to. And it's something maybe a little different every day. And they're learning about a new culture or a new country. And those are some things to do inside. What a good idea. I want to change the subject to something a little sadder, because one of the horrible aspects of the pandemic has been the rise in suicide in children. So what are the warning signs for parents to look out for? Depending on the age of the child, it's it's going to be different. But generally speaking, if you know, you know your child the best, if their mood has changed, if their hygiene has changed, if their engagement level has changed, these are things to look out for. And they may seem small, but right now mental health is a big part of the conversation. And so Keeping a very close eye on how your kids are doing is important and how your friends are doing too. If I'd like to make that note as well, check on your neighbors, check on your friends. You know, if you're suffering, they probably are too. And this is a very lonely time and it's not, and children aren't the only ones feeling the loneliness. Parents are too. And you, you do have to be a good neighbor here. You do have to reach out and check on people and, you know, be that helping hand that you want to be in the world that you would want helping you. Chances are, if you wish you were wishing someone was reaching out to you, they're wishing someone would reach out to them. Establish a phone tree of some kind or an email thread or a text thread where you can keep in contact with people. And for your children, make sure you're having open conversations about how they're feeling and what they're struggling with or how, how they're emotionally or not emotionally connecting. I think this is a really important time to be able to establish a relationship with your children that gives them a safe place to be able to talk about things, to be able to talk about their feelings, to be able to talk about their challenges, to be able to talk about the way they think they're failing. Parents, you feel like you're failing every single day. Again, that's something your child is going to be re- relating to. They're going to see you suffering. You are seeing them suffer. 
Sometimes there's beauty in that breakdown. There's beauty in that vulnerability. So being there for each other, saying, I know exactly how you feel. How often can you say that to someone, especially your child, that you know exactly how they feel? So this is an opportunity to connect in a way we never did before. Mm, very so very, very important. Tell me, Florence, how did you get interested in childcare? <laughs> So I was a nanny for 15 years. And after I retired from being a nanny, I wrote my first children's book, which is called Nanny and Me. It helps children understand the transition of being cared for by your parents to being cared for by a nanny or a caretaker. Uh, The statistic is staggering, truthfully, in the United States. Over 65% of families in America today have a nanny or a caretaker. Uh, And I just, I, I really wanted to dive deeper into that. You know, that to me spoke volumes. That means a lot of people are looking outside their nuclear family to help them raise their children. And I want to make sure that when we look at that statistic years from now, that the children that were raised by people other than their parents are helped being raised by people other than their parents were kind, beautiful, adjusted, lovely, compassionate, empathetic children. So it, it started me thinking about the child care crisis and then COVID hit and the child care crisis came to a screaming front and center spotlight in the United States and across the world. How do you think that childcare is going to change after COVID? I think for the first time, everyone realizes how important it is that childcare exists in an affordable and accessible way. And I think we're going to see a lot of things come down the tube in terms of government and bills and things like that. that They're going to try to get passed and funding because And this, again, this is me waxing Pollyanna, but one of the positive things I think that happened from COVID is you saw what happened with childcare. And we realized that we can't ever do this again. We can't let something like this happen where we don't have the support and families don't have the support. So I do think childcare is going to change going forward. I hope it becomes more affordable and accessible, like I said, and I hope that we're able to give parents more outlets for help. Well, it's a cliche to say that children are our most valuable resource, but the truth is they are. They are. So Florence, how can people find out more about you and your work? You can go to WindyCityNanny.com. I'm also all over social, Windy City Nanny. If you DM me on Facebook or Instagram, I always answer every single person and I, I love to engage. So there's No question that is stupid or small or insignificant. I am here for you, especially during these times where you feel very alone. Well, that is so great to hear. And Florence, thank you so much for being on Dream Power Radio today. We've been speaking about successful pandemic parenting with the Windy City Nanny, Florence Ann Romano. I hope you enjoyed today's program. If you have, please tell all your friends, subscribe, and drop a positive review on your podcast site. Until next time, this is Debbie Spector-Weissman saying, sweet dreams, everybody. You've been listening to Dream Power Radio with your host, Debbie Spector-Weissman. For more information on Debbie or to sign up for her newsletter, go to dreampowerradio.com. This has been Dream Power Radio on the amazing Women and Men of Power Network the world's leading positive programming network, powered by Raven International. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. 
or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.